verse 19 together. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 19. This was John's testimony uh, when the Jewish leaders uh, sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah. Well, then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? Who? He replied. Are you the prophet we were expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. And then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water. But right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I didn't recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me the one on whom the Spirit, you see, the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus. So I testify that he is the chosen one. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. Uh, as Jesus walked by or as Jesus walked towards him, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. And they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of those men who had heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we've found the Messiah, which means Christ. And Andrew brought Simon to Jesus, looking intently at Simon, son of John. Uh, looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Ha! Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And as they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Well, what a wonderful line there. 
How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, you believe this just because I told you I'd seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Many said, I tell you the truth, you will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. As Reg uh, shared with us last week, we've, we've started a new series looking at the Gospel of John. And, and, and John had a very specific goal in mind when he started writing this Gospel, when he, when he put it together. His aim is that we continue believing in Jesus, that we keep putting our trust in him, that we keep recognizing Jesus as the Son of God, as our rescuer and as our Savior. Uh, John is writing for, for Christians and non-Christians. Non-Christians reading this are meant to go, yes, he is. But Christians reading this are meant to go, yes, yes, he is. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to follow this Jesus because, because he is who he says he is. Uh, John, uh, the apostle of Jesus, was convinced that Jesus is with God with us, that, that he is the only hope for us in a sinful world. And, and the gospel is full of people coming to realize just who Jesus is for themselves. And that includes, right here in chapter 1, uh, John the Baptist coming to realize who Jesus is. And, and, and so last week we looked at what John came to realize about Jesus, uh, and, and this week we're looking at what John came to realize about Jesus. It can be a little bit confusing when we're talking about John in the Gospel of John, when the John who we're talking about is not the John who wrote the Gospel. Are you confused yet, or should I continue? So, so this, is, this is a little bit confusing, but we're looking at what John the Baptist realized about Jesus. Uh, John the Baptist was on a mission from God to, to prepare the people for the Lord's coming. Uh, and people would come to John, and he would preach repentance. And, and, and something about his preaching would, would, you know, get at people. They would realize their sins. And, and you know what, I, I think it's, it probably doesn't take much because, you know, God, God is able to, to break through and make us go, yeah, I am so far from where God wants me to be. Uh, that, that is part of the Spirit's ministry. And, and the people would come to John and they would repent of their sins and John would baptize them in water. It's, it's a symbolic fresh start, a way of saying, you know, from this point on, your life is dedicated to God. A lot of people thought that John the Baptist might be someone important, but as we just read, John was very quick to say no. To say, I'm just the one getting things ready. It was uh, John the Baptist who actually baptized Jesus. Uh, uh, interestingly, the Gospel of John doesn't go into that story in a lot of detail. But, but when John saw the Spirit coming down and remaining on Jesus, John knew that this was the one around whom the whole of history, the whole of his ministry, the whole of everything revolved. Have a look at exactly what he says there. He says in John chapter 1, verse 34, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God or the Son of God. So sure 
was John about who Jesus is, that he started pointing him out to everyone. In verse 29, he calls Jesus the Lamb of God. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, the image of the Lamb is one that had a lot of symbolic meaning for the Jewish people. Uh, we've just heard from uh, Exodus about how it was a lamb's blood that was put on the, the doorposts uh, and the angel of death passed over their houses, uh, keeping them safe. Every morning and every night in the temple, uh, a lamb would be sacrificed, uh, a special gift to God, a sign of, of love for God, a sign of gratitude, uh, pointing back again, I'm sure, to, to the God who was their rescuer, to to the fact, God, we are only your people because of what you have done. You deserve everything. And when, when John calls Jesus the Lamb of God, I think the immediate imagery that would pop up into people's heads would be this imagery of a sacrificial lamb, a lamb who dies for us. John was convinced that, that Jesus was the one who would do away with sin. He says, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who would die to take away the sin of the world. And notice, by the way, um, that Jesus, John says that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it might seem like a small thing, but actually this is a huge thing because, because it's not Jesus come to take away the sins of the world. This isn't about all the individual wrong things that I do. That's included in this. But this is deeper than this. This is, this is John saying, this is the Lamb of God who does away with the world's sin, with all of the brokenness, with all of the wrongness, not just the, not just the, the, uh, the outcomes of sin. I, I, the sins that I do are a consequence of the fact that I am a sinner. What I need fixed is not my sins, but my sinful nature. And John says, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And notice that he says, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just of the Israelites, not just of one people group. John is speaking of the Lamb of God who rids the whole of creation of sin, who gets rid of all that is broken. John chapter 4, verse 42, Jesus meets uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, they come, to, they come to him, they invite him, they listen to him. And we see there in John chapter 4, verse 42, that they say, now we believe you are the savior of the world. These are the non-Jews going, Jesus, you are the one who saves everyone. Right from the beginning, John the apostle wants us to know what John the Baptist realized, that Jesus is the one who deals with the root cause of the problem, not just plastering over it which is what we need, which is what I need, which is what you need. Just as a lamb died to save the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt, so too Jesus would die to save the world from slavery to sin and death. The Passover, the lamb, uh, the, whose blood covers us, whose blood sets us free. And in fact, if you look at the end of John's gospel, we see that John speaks of Jesus being executed on the day the Passover lambs were being killed. John wants us to know, John the Apostle wants us to know that Jesus is the rescuer. He is the substitute. He is the one who takes our place so that we don't have to die for our own sins, for our own wrongness. He is our Passover lamb. He is the one who releases us from slavery, not just 
to Egypt, Egyptians to Egypt, but from slavery to sin and death. And what's also more amazing about this, John says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he says, the Lamb of God. This isn't about me giving something precious up of my own to atone for my sins if I could. I'd like to think that I would, but that sin would probably maybe even stop me doing that. And so God comes and gives his own lamb. God comes and gives himself. As John the Baptist said, this is the one I was talking about. He is greater than I am. He is before me. He has always been. The one who was, the one who is, the one who always will be. Yahweh, God, was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. It's John the Baptist has realized the same thing about Jesus that John the Apostle realized that Reg talked to us about last week. You see, the solution to the world's problem, to the problem of sin, cannot come from within this world. It is broken. It is messed up. The solution comes from God into our world. Fully human, but fully God, the eternal one whom death could not hold down. So what was it that convinced John the Baptist that Jesus is the son of God? It's what happened when he got baptized. It's what John saw that convinced him. The other gospels tell us that when Jesus came up from being baptized, the spirit came down on him and, and settled on him. In the Old Testament, uh, God would give his spirit to certain people at uh, certain times, but it was a temporary thing. It was a temporary empowerment to do God's will, but, but the expectation of the Old Testament was that God's rescuer, the long-awaited Messiah, uh, the king from David's line, would, would have the spirit rest on him, remain on him. And that's what John had seen. He had seen God's spirit resting on Jesus. God's spirit at home with Jesus. Now, that, that, that's a, a huge thing. Where is God's spirit home? Well, God is holy. God is perfect. God is righteous. Where can God be at home? Only in that which is perfect and holy and righteous. Only where God is. John the Baptist was going around baptizing people with water as a sign of their letting go of their old way of life, as a sign of their turning back to God, initiating them into, into, into readiness for the coming of the rescuer. But, but he had been told by God that the one on whom the Spirit would rest would be the one to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Baptizing with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit, this is about Jesus initiating people into the kingdom of God. This is about God living with his people. How can God's spirit be in us? Well, God can only be where, where it is perfect and pure and righteous. And so what is needed for God's spirit to be in us, for us to be baptized in the spirit, is for us to be made clean and perfect and ready for the spirit. And that is what the Lamb of God did by taking away the sin of the world. That is who we are in Christ. 
Christ lives in us, and so the Spirit lives in us, and one day we will be made completely perfect. John knew that Jesus was the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world because of what he saw, because of what he had been told. And he knew that Jesus would be the one to bring people into life with God. That Jesus would be the one to give the Spirit. To and what do we see at the end of John's Gospel? John chapter 20. We see Jesus risen from the dead. The Lamb who was slain. Giving his Spirit to his followers. We see Jesus who died for our sins to cleanse us, to make us holy and set us apart for God, to take our sins, all sins that we have done and will do, and to die for them. Boy, that should inspire us to pursue holiness because you know, Jesus died for our sins. But what do we see here in chapter 20, verse 21? We see Jesus arriving and saying, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So right at the end of the Gospel of John, we see Jesus baptizing them in the Spirit. We see Jesus giving them the Spirit. What John saw was the Lamb who would be slain. And who would baptize people into the Spirit of God. And that is what happened. John the Baptist is known for many things. He is uh, an incredible fashion sense. Uh, he's got interesting eating habits. But, but John's life was not about him being famous. His life was about pointing to Jesus. And his testimony is clear. Jesus is God's chosen one. The Son of God. So what? Very next day, John says again, look, the Lamb of God. And two of John's disciples start following Jesus, Andrew and, and possibly even John the Apostle. They spend time with Jesus. They, they make their own minds up. And then Andrew goes and finds his brother Simon and says, Simon, we have found the Christ. John the Apostle has given us John the Baptist's testimony. We're not here to just blindly believe what he said. But his testimony is evidence for us to take into account. Did what he say actually happen? Did Jesus die? Yes. Did Jesus give the spirit? Well, John the Apostle says, yes, he did. The point of John the, uh, the Baptist's testimony is simple. You need to look into this. That's what happened with those first two disciples. They went to Jesus, they followed him, and they discovered for themselves who Jesus is. Our question is this, is Jesus who John says he is? John the Apostle was convinced, John the Baptist was convinced that he is the Lamb of God, sacrificed for us, for this whole world, the one who gave his spirit. May we get to know him so that we too can look at him and say, there is the Lamb of God who deals with my sins, but even more has dealt with sin. There is my rescuer.
There is my Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, our Father, for giving us you. Giving your Spirit, Lord, till the day when your work on earth is done. Lord, may we come to know you more and more. May we know you as the one who comes to rescue us in our helplessness. Lord, may we know you as the one who stands against sin. May we know you as the one who doesn't only rescue us from our wrong, but also gives us your spirit, your power, your presence. May we rely on you. May we let you guide you in all that we do. Lord, that's hard. You be our God and our King. Because you are worthy. You alone, Jesus. We're going to sing together one last song. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, O our Father, for giving us your Son, leaving your Spirit till your work on earth. We seem to have a little bit of a, uh, a glitch. If you just bear us for one tick, it'll be back shortly. There we go. Jesus. 